You're going where? You're doing what? Are you crazy, Aunt Tam? Make sure you subscribe. Welcome to Many Roads Traveled. I'm Tamara, and I have one question for you. Do you love to travel? Awesome! Well, then I invite you to join me on my 30,000-mile road trip from Paris to Cape Town back to Nairobi. One more thing. We'll be traveling back in time to 1993 before the internet, Google Maps, and cell phones. However, not to worry because I do give you up-to-date info on each episode. Plus, you can always find more information on my website, manyroadstravel.com. So without further ado, let's hit the road. Okay, so today is episode number 45. Can you believe it? You've been with me for almost a year now. <laughs> okay, so on today's episode, we are going to be covering... Just over another 500 miles, taking us up to 20,000 miles. And we're going to be in Malawi, Nakata Bay, and Cape McClear. I just could not leave Nakata Bay. <laughs> it's such an awesome little place. Okay, so picking up where we left off on the last episode. You know, if this is your first episode, come on along for the whole ride. So it's day 266. It's two days after my 24th birthday. This is in 1993, <laughs> so a little while ago when traveling was completely different and, you know, no modern tech, you know, things like the internet or mobile phones or Google Maps, none of that stuff, even ATMs didn't exist back then. It took me a day or so to recover from my birthday, but yeah, being 24, I bounced back pretty quick. <laughs> so we're still in Nakata Bay, which is a little small town village, the northernmost part of Lake Malawi. So kind of in the middle of Africa. And Lake Malawi is really long, skinny lake. It's probably one of the longest freshwater lakes in the world. I'd have to check on that. But I do know that Lake Malawi National Park was the very first freshwater national park in the world, which is kind of crazy. I was camping on the beach with about, I think it was about six or seven of us for free back then. It was awesome. So you'd have to walk into town because obviously there was nothing on the beach. <laughs> like no guest houses, nothing. It was just the beach. So yeah, you'd have to walk into town, which was about a 20 minute walk. But the thing was, it was up this bloody, very steep hill, which was just gravel road, but lots of potholes as well. So walking there was usually okay, but when we'd get into town, we'd always usually stop for at least a beer or two, more often than not, quite a few beers. So it was a walk back that was a lot more treacherous. <laughs> we went to town to stock up. Uh, we bought a couple of cooked chickens and some salad stuff and some bread, two crates of beers, cold beers, because, you know, no fridges on the beach. And we were going on a booze cruise, <laughs> of course. So we got on this boat, although we somehow missed the sunset. I'm not quite sure how that happened. We got like the tail end, but it was really nice just being on the lake under the stars. We had some really sweet Malawian grass. So we had some doobies. We had our tunes. So we we're just listening to Pink Floyd and Neil Young. Like I said, on Lake Malawi under the stars. It was amazing. Really, what more could you want for? Good friends, good food good tunes. We were out there for a couple hours and then we were headed back into town and decided we were going to do a pub crawl because I guess why not. 
I think I kind of had a one week birthday celebration, really, <laughs> because I'd been traveling in Africa for so long and I'd been meeting people, you know, throughout. And that was my goal to get to Nakata Bay for my birthday because I was I met a friend who owned a guest house in Nakata Bay. We rented a house together in Lamu, an island off the Kenyan coast. But when I got there, her and her husband, they got kicked out of Malawi. So they weren't at the guest house anymore, which kind of sucked. But so lots of people who I'd met were coming to, not just for me, I'm sure, but just coming to Nakata Bay because I've been talking about it for ages. So it was great because more, you know, people I'd met, you know, were coming every day. So it was really awesome. So, yeah, we ended up doing this pub crawl. I was kind of being very flirtatious. Well both of us, with this Kiwi guy, Ron, who's very, very cute, tall, blonde, blue-eyed guy, fit bod. He was a rugby player. That walk back up the hill, well, I was being a smart ass and wiped out completely, cut up my knee and shin. <laughs> so kind of had to hobble back to the beach where Chief, who was this awesome older uh, local man, and he basically looked after our stuff on the beach for us at nighttime and always had a bonfire uh, ready for us, as well as hot water for tea or coffee. He was awesome. And then we would just tip him. And that's how he made his money. So it worked for us because our stuff was being watched. And it worked for him because he was getting a bit of cash. Plus, chief hugs, they were free. So God love those two. <laughs> so we got back, had the fire going, had a cup of tea, cooked up some peanut butter and toast on the fire. Had that under the stars on a blanket. Ron gave me a foot massage. I was like, okay, so get some action going tonight. No, I passed out. <laughs> so, not that night. <laughs> and then to be honest, the next, oh, I don't know, two weeks pretty much were kind of just melted away. It was a lot of the you know, same stuff, doing it every day. You know, always getting woken up between five and six in the morning with the sun because it just got too hot in the tent. By 6 a.m., you're out of the tent. You just kind of crawl out of your tent down the beach into the lake to wake up and cool off. So that was a, every morning pretty much. But it was a great way to wake up because the sunrises were absolutely beautiful. Like the sun was this big ball of orange, you know, flames coming up and the sky would be just red and then turn to pink. So yeah, it was awesome. And spent many, many a day, many an hour, just suntanning, swimming, chilling, reading, writing. And then we'd always, I'd always go to town at least once a day to get our supplies. I mean, the local boys, pretty young, you know, I don't know, anywhere between six and 10, probably. They caught on that, you know, there was six or seven of us just living on this beach. So they got very smart and they would get their mom to start making sandwiches, like fried egg sandwiches. That was a breakfast thing a lot. And also banana cakes, sometimes special banana cakes. <laughs> and yeah, they would just come down to the beach doing. We were all pretty much usually very stoned and didn't want to really move much. And with these lovely fresh sandwiches, hot sandwiches. And just sell them to us on the beach, which was great. And then they even got cleverer and would go and bring crates of beer. <laughs> like they'd have a cart, a wooden cart, uh, and bring us cold beers. So we got lazier and lazier as the time went on as well, and it was, which was fine because at least we're putting some money in the locals' pockets too. And we didn't really have to do too much. But regardless, we would, I'd still go to town at least once a day. And when I was in town, like I'd just meet new people as well as, like I said, other people I'd met already in Africa. 
because I became quite renowned as when I'd meet people, you know, we'd be chatting for a wee while and then they'd say, oh, what's your name? And I'd say, oh, it's Tamara. And they're like, oh my God, you're the crazy Canadian girl we've heard about or crazy Canadian chick <laughs> every single time. It was like, I guess so. <laughs> or people would be like, yeah, we've met someone who met you in Zaire or Rwanda or wherever else, Kenya. So it was pretty cool, actually. I became quite famous during my time in Africa. It was, it was quite hilarious, really. But most of the travelers who I was meeting in Cartabay in the little town were mostly Brits, which is fine. I'm half British, so that was cool. And I traveled with Claire for two months, who was a British girl who we became really good friends with. And I ended up moving to England and we lived together for about a year. So <laughs> I was down with the Brits. But on the beach, I was really Canadian. They're all Aussies and Kiwis, New Zealanders. So I didn't meet any Canadians there. I was like, where are the Canucks, man? And I was also digging the food in town as well, because there was some international food, because I, you know, I was on African food for so many months. So to get a pizza or, you know, chicken burgers or stuff like that and fries, it was great. So I was enjoying that as well. And then Ron and I moved up a level. We moved into one tent together <laughs> during these two weeks, which is quite nice to have a little, you know, cuddle and kissing buddy, I guess. And then one of the days we had a football match on the beach between the locals and us, and it was hilarious. They kicked our ass. They won 7-4. I just thought it was hilarious, but the guys, of course, were a little bit, you know, nose that I enjoyed, but because they got baked by a bunch of kids. <laughs> I just thought it was great. <laughs> it was good because I also got some mail because back then you had to have use post restants which were usually part of the post office. And you would just tell like either friends you met on the road or your family back home, like, okay, you just have your name in care of, say here, Nakata Bay, Malawi, post for stomp. That was, and hope for the best. <laughs> so I, there's lots I didn't get, but I did get some. So I think I got about five or six letters there. But I also, I had used Kadanga guest house because that's where I thought my friend was working. So the guest house obviously was still there and the people, the new owners were lovely as well. So I got a lot of my mail there and my mom also sent me a mail order there for my birthday, which helped because I was literally, I only had a few hundred bucks left by this point and I still had to get to Cape Town. That was the goal, Paris to Cape Town by land. So that helped a bit as well. I think I'd been there in Nakata Bay for about I don't know, 10 or 11 days, something like that. And finally I was like, okay, I really should get going. So Ron, Aaron, who's another Kiwi guy, and me, so three of us, finally packed up, got to the Kadanga guest house at about 7.30 in the morning, because I had left a bunch of stuff there when I first arrived in Nakata Bay, because I didn't want to have it all on the beach. So got all that stuff, repacked my whole backpack, which I don't know how, but it just kept weighing more and more. So I think at this point I weighed about 22 kilos, ridiculous, because <laughs> I had tents and sleeping bags and Pretty much everything, right? So, yeah, so we had Brecky, and then we waited for the express bus to take us back to Mizuzu. Great names in Malawi. Which is supposed to arrive at 9 a.m. Of course, it just never showed up. So we were on the road trying to hitch because we were trying to get to the, the long way, which was the capital of Malawi. So finally, about an hour later, a uh, pickup truck stopped, and there was already seven Mizungus, or travelers, on board. The two South African guys were waiting for the bus that never came. So there's five of us and there's seven on board, the, the pickup truck already of tourist travelers, Mzungus. <laughs> That's what we're always called. So yeah, so 12 of us are in the back of this pickup and we're finally heading off to the long way. Well, about 10 minutes later, 
this little kid, probably four or five, he ran right in front of the truck and we hit him. Oh my God. The noise. I'll never forget the noise. Like it makes, it gives me goosebumps now. This poor little kid. Oh my God. Just shocked. So I jump out of the truck. I mean, we all kind of got out. I don't know. I right straight to the boy. Well, the mother came. She was with him. So I don't know how he just ran out. The truck couldn't stop in time. He just literally ran right in front of it. The kid's lying on the ground. The mother just like loses it completely, which is, you know, understandable. But she was just like flailing on the, on the ground and screaming. And yeah, it was just like, whoa. So I went to the kid and I'm like, you know, are you okay? Like he was dazed, but he was awake. And because I know CPR too. So trying just to see how he's moving, if there's any broken bones, he seemed okay. He didn't speak any English. So that was a bit difficult. But anyways, we picked him up. We got the mother in the, you know, calmed down a little bit, got her in the truck and she held on to him. And we, all of the travelers, we got off the pickup. So just the mom and the kid, you know, they took him straight to the hospital. Oh my gosh. But it was just awful, like horrendous noise. It just, oh, anyways, luckily I found out a couple of days later, he was absolutely fine. No, like no broken bones, nothing. So thank goodness for that. Oh my gosh. It was brutal. So now it's about 11, 12 o'clock. We've been waiting on the side of the road for a while, but there's no buses, no trucks. So we just thought, you know what? Like we're not, when you're hitching, you have to kind of leave early in the morning. So we're like, okay, I guess it's back to Nakata Bay. <laughs> we managed to get back to Nakata Bay. We just went to the Kadaga guest house, tried to get a room. It was full. So we just pitched Ron's tent, big backyard, and they had like this bit of a camping area. So we just pitched his tent and just chilled out there for the day and just kind of took it easy. You know, once I knew the kid was okay and everything, I had a little bit of, well, not that that existed back then or made a term for it, but I'm sure I had a little bit of PTSD from truck accident that I almost died in in Ethiopia so if you ever heard that episode you should check that out for sure pretty much chill day and then the next day you know thought about leaving <laughs> one of my friends who I met she's called Gab Gabrielle from of course the UK she was like no it's my birthday you can't leave tomorrow so I was like okay because we've been hanging around for a bit and she was hilarious so I was like okay fair enough so, of course, we go out and celebrate for her birthday the next day. The usual ridiculousness, pub crawl. I mean, we started at 9.30 in the morning and all oh, kind of crashed at 4.30 in the afternoon. Just crazy. <laughs> but so much fun. It was so nice. It's such an awesome time to kind of bay. Like, so much laughter. Plus, yeah, I got a little bit of action with the cute guy, which always helped. But, yeah, just had such a blast there. And it was such an amazing place to have my birthday. And also... On uh, Gab's birthday, another friend of mine, Lynn, who I'd met in Uganda, she's American, she rocked up to Nakata Bay because we kept missing each other by like literally a day in so many countries. And we met like way back in Egypt, in, in Siwa and Cairo. So months earlier. So we finally reconnected. So that was really cool as well. That's what I mean. It was hard to leave because I'd leave and new people that I knew showed up. So, you know, it was twist that rubber arm. But finally, on day 279, so I think I got there day 264. Been there over two weeks for sure. And that was the longest I'd stayed anywhere on this whole trip so far. But as you can tell, it was a great place to chill out. So Gab, Ron, and I, we left at about 7.30 in the morning. 
to get on this bus. Well, this bus was crazy. It was like this silver space bus. <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> we had to get to Mizuzu. So get on there. And the driver, I think he thought he was in the Molson Indy for some reason. Because he just took off like a butt out of hell. But luckily, we arrived alive <laughs> without incident in Mizuzu. And then I had to find, I was all out of contact lens solution back in the 90s, remember? So contact lenses weren't nearly as popular as they are now, especially in Africa. So I got to Mizuzu, traipsed around the town, trying to find contact. No, nothing. So great. Although I did find some delicious cheese and some brown bread and some Marmite, which Claire had introduced me to. So it wasn't a complete failure. <laughs> So then said bye to Gab because she was heading up north and Ron and I were heading south and we got a bus to Longway, like so the capital. And Malawi was a lot more expensive, especially transport. Like it was $7. I know that's a lot. <laughs> but in comparison to other countries, it was. Malawi had predominant black market. So like in the banks, it was only four kwacha. Kwacha is the currency. Great name. <laughs> but on the black market, you get between six and a half and seven. So it made it a lot more reasonable price for me. And like I said, I've been camping on the beach for two weeks, so I'd save money that way. So it took us about five and a half hours on the bus to get to the long way. We got there about 4.30 in the afternoon. We found a cheap guest house, which is about five bucks each. Again, a little bit pricier than normal. <laughs> I usually pay about two to three dollars. <laughs> and the long way's a capital. So I'm like, okay, there's got to be opticians here. So walk around the long way. Finally found an optician. Of course, it's closed because <laughs> it was after five when I, by the time I finally found it. So then we just went and grabbed something to eat. And Ron was having a blast just telling everyone we were married. And I was just like, no, we're not. <laughs> we're definitely not. <laughs> Although, like I said, he was a lovely guy and pretty hot. But it felt really weird just the two of us traveling together because, you know, there'd been a gang of like when I met him, it was in the gang of everyone on, on Nakata Bay. So, yeah, it was kind of you know, a little adjustment for me. So next day, I head back to the opticians, but they only had like this really expensive German kind, which I didn't even know. I couldn't read <laughs> the instructions or anything like that because it was a different system to the one I knew. So I ended up just buying some saline solution and just hoping that I would not be blind by the time I got back home. So <laughs> I wasn't being able to clean them. I was just being able to soak them not ideal and i'm like well where am i gonna get some this is the capital of malawi it's not here i'm gonna have to wait till zimbabwe i guess not ideal at all so about 10 a.m we got on a bus to go to cape mcclear via monkey bay i don't know we were told we assumed that it would go to monkey bay first and then on to cape mcclear because they're both places on the on the lake and i was lucky i got a really comfy front seats and Ron was stuck at the very back <laughs> so that was okay for me so the bus pulled into Monkey Bay and we weren't really paying attention you know because we just assumed it was going to Cape and Clear so after we left Monkey Bay you know we're driving for another I don't know five ten minutes and I'd spoken to the driver and said okay you know we, we want to go to Cape and Clear so he pulls over the bus and says, oh, I don't really know this area very well so here's like five kwacha back I think he paid 30 kwacha and you're going to have to get out. <laughs> so we're like, what? Okay, because literally we're at a junction. There's a couple of little curio shops there and that's it. We don't even know where the hell we are. So we get off the bus. He roars off and there we go. We're like, okay, great. 
So we're waiting for, I don't know, at least an hour or so. Then finally a pickup truck pulls over. He's a bit, you know, asks where we're going, like Cape and Clear. He's like, okay, jump in. So we jump in. We go five kilometers to the Cape McClear Junction. So not even actually to Cape McClear. He's like, this is a, as far as I'm going. So I want five quacha to go five kilometers. So we gave him the five quacha. We got them from the bus back. So now we're waiting at the junction to get to the bloody beach. And luckily, um, a really lovely Dutch family pulled over and like we kind of squeezed in with them. And then they took us to Cape McClear, actual Cape McClear Beach. So that was good. And obviously they didn't charge us. And then we found a guest house on the beach called the Manuels. It was only three and a half quacha a night uh, to camp there, which was great. So we finally got there, like, I don't know, about 6.30 p.m. Couldn't believe how long it took us to get from Nakata Bay to Cape McClear. Way longer than I should have put it that way. Anyways, we're finally there. We found there was only one place to eat called Mr. Stevens. So we had some dinner. It took about an hour and a half to come because we were pretty starving as well. Anyways, got our food. It was pretty good. And then it was basically back to our beach routine, you know, up very early with the sun. There wasn't a lot to do at Cape McClear, and there wasn't many people there either. But luckily the next day, Kylie and Andy showed up, Aussie couple who I'd met in Nakata Bay, and I hung out and partied with them quite a bit. And then Kiwi couple, Wayne and Melanie, who I'd met in Uganda, they were there too, or they came as well that day, just randomly. So that was, so at least there were six of us. And then Ron was getting really kind of coupley because we were with two other couples. And I was just a bit like, a little bit too clingy, but you know, whatever. <laughs> and yeah, we just spent a few days lounging around there. One day I went for a walk by myself and I ended up bumping into a few local guys and gave me a little tour around town. And then they said, oh, do you want to go to one of the islands? Because there's three islands nearby. So I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> So we jumped in one of the boats and, and went to one of the islands. It was really nice. And then came back. No problem. Probably wouldn't recommend doing that, I guess. <laughs> like, you probably know by now. I do a lot of things you're supposed to not do as a solo woman. Hey-ho. Always say, listen to your gut. And my gut was right. Usually right 99% of the time. And when it was wrong, it's because I didn't listen to it, really. And then another day, the six of us, we went snorkeling on another of the islands, which is really nice because there's loads of fish in there. And then we went back that night and when some of the kids, local kids would put up a barbecue for you on the beach. So we decided to do that, which was actually really good. It was like fresh catfish and rice and vegetables. It was 10 quacha, so just under $2 each. So that was all right. And then another day, like the bar, there's only one bar on Cape Clear, and it closed at eight o'clock. <laughs> it's just bizarre. <laughs> and we met these these two crazy Kiwi guys from New Zealand, Guy and Dan, and they were like, "Well, this is you know this is bullshit." <laughs> so there was like some a posh hotel called the Ritz, of course. So they went. They I don't know. I think they had their own vehicle. So they drove down there and picked up a crate of cold beers, like twenty four big beers. Yeah, I think they got the two couples that left. So it was only Ron and I and these two Kiwi guys. So we just had the bonfire going and basically the four of us drank a whole crate of beer. And it was an awesome night, except for Ron was just being super annoying. Like really, I don't know, just annoying, basically very sexist for some reason, because he hadn't been like that at all. I don't know if he was jealous of the other two guys because I was having such a laugh with them. I don't know. He was just really annoying me that night, which was unfortunate, but still a good fun night. 
Then we spent our last day at Otter Point, at Great McClear, which is, like I said, part of the Lake Malawi National Park. So you have to pay a bit to get in, although I think we snuck in. <laughs> uh, you know me. You know, I have all about budget and uh, save as much money as I possibly can. <laughs> and there's all these really big rocks there, so you could jump off. And like, they're about at least 20, 30 feet high. So I was like diving off those. It was really cool because the water's really clear. There's loads of fish. It was, just, it was good fun. So finally on day 285, we left Cape McClear. So I think it's been about five full days at Cape McClear. And I said goodbye to Ron because he was going north and I was going south. Um, it was actually a little bit harder than I thought it was going to be because because besides that one night and a you know, little few hours here and there, he was a super lovely guy and like I said, really hot fit bond. <laughs> so saying goodbye to my kissing and snuggle buddy. And I was back on my own. I took a pickup back to that junction, the Cape McClure Junction, and then managed to get like two different pickup trucks, the back of the pickup trucks rides to, I think it's called Magawitch, which were free, which was great. And then a local family picked me up and took me to Zamba, but they wanted like five kwacha for gas or something, which is fine. You know, so I gave them that. And I was in Zamba, so that was good. <laughs> if Zumba would have been around back then, I could have done the Zumba and Zumbo. <laughs> And then I, I, I was going to stay there the night because I wanted to climb Zombo Plateau the next day. And also, I wasn't really, I wasn't feeling really good. I had been feeling great for the last few days or a week or so because I have a rare blood illness, which causes me sometimes really bad daily pain and inflammation. And I've been really bad for a little while. Plus, I had four infected cuts, one of those being the ball of my foot. When I looked, I realized, oh, there's another one of those sea urchin spines finally come made its way out. Because when I was in Zanzibar, I jumped onto a bed of sea urchins and must have had about 50 spines in my feet. It was just so painful. A friend of mine was able to get most of them out, but they embed so quick. So even months after this, I was still having some kind of come out. <laughs> but anyways, this one got quite bad, got infected. And, and of course, on the ball of my feet. So it had been really hard to walk as well for the last few days. So I don't know what I was thinking that I was going to hike up Zombo Plateau, but there you go. That's me. But the good thing is I did manage to get that spine out. So once I was in Zombo, I found like a, a cheap hostel. Well, I thought it was a hostel after I booked in and got a single room because it was only, you know, two bucks or something. I realized, oh, there's like a, this bar. So it was kind of in a, I guess, a U-shape. And the rooms are all around. The bars in the middle, and the and the rooms were around. But the bathrooms and showers were on the other side of where my room was. So I had to cut through the bar to get to the bathrooms and showers. Not ideal, because drunk African men, well, like any drunk men, they can be really annoying sometimes. I was just so happy to have a bed <laughs> because this is the first bed I've slept in in about a month because I've been camping for literally a month, probably or close to it, on the beach. So. I actually slept really well that night, which was uh, very surprising. So to hear about how I made out uh, on the Zambo Plateau and also going to Blantyre, Malawi, you're going to have to turn into next Thursday's episode. And now it's time for Tam's Top Tips. Tip number one, Malawi is amazing. Really, really lovely people. And I would say nowadays, travel budget well, if you travel like me, which is a budget budget, a backpacker's budget, 
then you're looking at about between thirty to sixty dollars a day. Obviously, if you stay in nicer places, it's going to be a lot more. As I was saying, you know, the kwacha was worth between four and seven kwacha to the dollar when I was there in 1993. Nowadays, it's worth it's 795 kwacha to the dollar. And that is why Malawi is one of the poorest countries in Africa, which is so sad because it's just ridiculous inflation. Okay, tip number two is, yeah, Nakata Bay. It has changed a lot since I was there because I even went there on my way back up and it changed in six months. So it was crazy. Yeah, no longer allowed to camp on the beaches, but there are guest houses and hotels like on the beach and in town. Lots of guest houses and hotels, all sorts of budget for you to stay there. And there's a bit more to do there. You can scuba diving, snorkeling, walks in the forest, as well as even feed fish eagles. So there you go. Now, it's probably about $2,200 a night for accommodation there, again, depending on your budget. And tip number three would be for Cape McClear. I had, you know, such a huge soft spot for Nakata Bay, so I preferred it over Cape McClear. But Cape McClear is beautiful. It is lovely. And again, it's built up quite a lot more than when I was there. So again, you have all sorts of choices of guest houses and hotels and eco lodges and things like that. So a lot more to do there as well. Got boating and paddle boating and volleyball on the beach and all, you know, all sorts of water sports. And again, you're looking anywhere between $30 to up to $400 a night. <laughs> Fancy hotels there. <laughs> and then for my solo female travelers, shout out. Malawi, super safe. Like I had really, although next week's episode, <laughs> I did have a little thing. But um, besides that, yeah, very safe, lovely people. The only thing is... When I was there, it's actually legal. I'm not sure if it's illegal, but it's very frowned upon. You need to wear either skirts or dresses. So no shorts, except if you're on the beaches. That's fine. And also keep your shoulders covered, too. Besides that, no worries. And you'll meet, you heard this episode, how many people I've met, you know, other travelers and stuff like that. So you'll meet lots of uh, people that you can hang out with. Okay, so until next Thursday, of course, don't forget to check out the website, mainroadstravel.com, and leave your reviews. I forgot to do one today, sorry. Either at Podchaser or on Apple. Just look up Main Roads Travel, to Elf and Travel. See you next Thursday. Until then, safe travels, one more at a time. <laughs>